Okay, alrighty folks, here we go, time now for the General Knowledge Podcast Season 5, episode 21. Apologies for the uh, hiatus between the shows there folks, but I had a well-deserved break last weekend. I was just telling uh, Andy, Ethan, and when you were bouncing around like an aeroplane before, um, yeah, I ended up getting away, <laughs> getting away with the brother and the mates, and uh, hired a, we hired a holiday home, all pitched in, went down to Kingscliff and spent three nights down there just... Yeah, drinking booze, playing cards and fishing and stuff. It was awesome <laughs> just to get away and see blokes that I haven't seen for months, you know. So it was really good fun. Just needed that little break, you know, working pretty hard lately. So well-deserved uh, little break there. Awesome, mate. Yeah, no, it sounds good. It's always good to get away and forget about uh, some of the tensions of the world. Yes, yes. Tried to ignore it, but it was always there on my phone in, in, in those passive moments when you're waiting or doing something, you know, check the phone, oh, what, what's, what's the group up to now? Oh, it's more Israel-Palestine stuff. I'll look at it later, you know, <laughs> which we'll get into a little bit later <laughs> in the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was great. Good good to get away. Um, come back with a nice thong tan, actually, which is, uh, and I don't mean bikini so there, thong. <laughs> I mean my actual thongs on oh. my feet for the listeners, yeah. Um, uh, I was starting to think. Because I've got, I don't know, people people are probably aware, but I have, like, the, the sock tan from wearing my boots and socks all day, working outside, you know, and I have, like, really white feet. So, yeah, I decided to try and, you know, get, the, get a bit of sunshine on them and they end up burning a bit, so. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's enough about that shit. Um, how are you guys? Good to have you back on for a, for a good chat, too. Um, good to see you. Ethan has things, what's uh, been happening in the background. I think you're, I did see some mention, we should probably mention it too, that you're going to be doing another, is it a guest speaker thing, an event coming up? Yes. Tell us about that, Mark. Ah, uh, yeah, General. So good to be back. First of all, apologies to everyone for some of my microphone issues uh, last episode and having to power through that. I was aware I was a bit dim. I didn't realise there was that obscene clicking sound going on. So I'll, I'll just say it was the longest edited show I'd have to done because every time you spoke, I'm in audacity raising your level for every time. I think I missed a few of them, but... <laughs> yeah. I, anyway, uh, I got there in the end. It's all good. Personally, I definitely... Yeah, I definitely apologise. Uh, we're back on <laughs> back on track now, and um, yeah, Coming general, it's good to good to be back. And I will be heading down to Adelaide next uh, week, next Saturday, for the first ever National Free Media Summit. That's awesome. Uh, which is going to be fantastic. Maria Z is going to be there. David Richardson, Joel Jamal, uh, Michael Griffith. There's going to be special messages from Christine Anderson and all these types of people, a remembrance tribute. It's going to be 
Awesome. Um, so I'll be doing a, a 10 minute presentation to the crowd and then we'll also be coming back all together for a almost like a panel, a Q&A panel yeah, nice. with, yeah. the, uh, with the audience there. So they've submitted some questions via email and whatnot. So it's going to be a good night. Um, Are you going to crash um, Graham Lyons? Shout out to Graham. How are you going, brother? You going to go and crash Graham? Yes. Yes. No. Uh, <laughs> Should hit <yeah>. him up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I'm uh, going to be with Graham Lyons. I'll be able to meet, hopefully, some other members of the website and yeah, some good. other people that are following TOTT News and this podcast. So if you're in Adelaide, uh, hopefully... You can get out there. The tickets are still available. There's going to be heaps of people there, I've heard. So it's going to be uh, one hell of a of an, an evening. And we need to do this type of stuff more, you know, alternative media coming yeah. together because yeah. we really are fighting back against the glue that holds it all together, General, which is the mainstream media. If the mm -hmm. mainstream media weren't programming people with okay. messages constantly, all of it would fall apart. And we've seen that. Of examples in the past when sometimes they tell you the truth about things like you know horrors of what's happening in vietnam and then there's massive protests in the streets and they're like well we're not going to show them that again this type of uh thing is what they glue together so the fact that we are trying to come here to fight back against that and there's so many great websites now and so many great personalities it's um yeah, it's really good. good that we're all going to come together and try to think of some solutions to to move forward so i'm looking no, forward. i love i love that because it it's it's like a, a litmus test of where we're at right now in society mainstream media losing credibility by the day you know what i mean like constant propaganda and fake news which we'll get into a bit of a little bit later in the episode too but they're, they're definitely losing people have no trust in them whatsoever you know what i mean like well Yes, there are still the, the minions out there that seem to, to wipe the drool from their chins and follow it and watch the six, six o'clock news every night. But on, on the whole, I'm starting to, you see, even start to notice even more sort of like low level kind of celebrities and other personalities, you know, you, you'll see them repost certain things on their feet, on their social media things. And you're like, oh, that's a bit, it's a bit left of field for you, for you mainstream kind of person. Like, because all that sort of stuff starting to slip through the cracks, you know, They're, and it just goes to show you that they're also watching alternative sources of media as well. So definitely making grounds, and I think this is a wonderful time to, to put this sort of free media summit uh, together, you know what I mean, and just to show that there is a force out there that people can come and see and come come and get an alternative viewpoint from. So that's awesome. Well done for getting involved in that, mate. Congratulations. Um, yeah, can't thanks, wait mate. to see. Is it going to be streamed? Is it going to be some sort of live feed afterwards, or have you told you anything about that? I'm not, no, not too sure. I'm not sure if it's going to be live streamed or, or whatnot or if it's just going to be, you know, if you're there, the experience for the yeah. night there. But we'll see what um, the setup is when uh, we get down there. I'm yeah. not too privy well, on all that. I've just been focusing on what I'm going to talk about, yeah. deliver to the crowd, you know. And, yeah, I always look forward because I obviously spoke at the 2023 Paradigm Shift Summit. Yep, that's right, back up the May. coast. Yep. And these events are just fantastic, you know, because you get to meet people and connect with people on the ground. So yeah. And imagine the vibe is just so good too. You're just feeding off that energy, you know. It's really good. Yeah, so all the Adelaide and uh, all of the intelligence agents that are in the area, we'll see you there, baby. Woo! <laughs> Come and learn what alternative media is really about, yes. That's no, awesome. Great stuff, mate. Um, look forward to hearing your wrap-up of it too if you do a little uh, pod or whatever on your member content or whatever you do. Yeah, look forward to hearing all about it. 
uh, and if not, uh, on the next uh, one of the next episodes we do. What's the date of it again? When is that happening? Sorry, next week is it? Uh, yeah, eleven eleven. It so is on eleven eleven. Yeah, uh, yeah. Norwood, uh, South Australia, at the Norwood uh, Town Hall there. Cool. So it's going to be yeah, really good, and you can I'll find to, all the details on the website. I have to lend you my eleven eleven shirt. I've got. Ah, yes. <laughs> Wear that one down there. They'll be loving that. <laughs> cool. All right, that's awesome, man. Good to see. Andy, how you going, mate? Good to uh, have you back on for a chat, too. How's things been in the world of Mr. Hey, Science? brother. All good? Oh, very good, very good. Uh, mate, I've just been working hard, um, learning to fly a new aeroplane. Um, oh, really? What, bigger? Yeah, bigger one. Yeah, bigger, faster, with retractable wheels. Um, oh right a um like a what's called like a csu which is like a um adjustable prop so you know it's like it's like a airplane with gears you know so when you get up to speed you can sort of like make the prop go a bit coarser it'll bite the air harder and faster so so i've been learning that and you know just living life and getting by everything's cool do you have to train on a, on the simulators and stuff before you do that? Uh, you don't have to. Um, it does it does help a bit if you can because of course it, more time on a on a like a home simulator is like less time inexpensive, you know, yeah. air lesson. Yeah. So um so yeah, I I do, but not not that many people do much simulator time, really. Simulation um, within, within a simulation. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's real? Well, I, Which one's I, real, Andy? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know sometimes myself. I <laughs> well, that's awesome. Though. So you're, up, you're upskilling already, mate. You'll be flying us around and, and the whole free media people on, the, on your own C-130 yeah. Hercules before you know it, mate, or something. Oh, or jumbo jet, that. maybe. Yeah. Or... Private jet <laughs> yeah, living. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, like yeah, a G6. Maybe. We'll have to call you G6 from now on, Endo. G6. <laughs> oh, like a G6. I, I, like, I like that. I like that. And then Thank we goodness, can get up the number as, we, as I get filled up. <laughs> well, that's great, man. That's good. Uh, so, I, don't know, I don't know how you find the time to do this stuff because you you just oh, man, got so much shit going on. Like, but I don't you know. do. You manage to do it all. Well, I love it so much. You know, you just sort of, you just sort of, you just do it, you know. Yeah, you, you make time. Yeah, making time for that sort of thing isn't isn't hard to do, I guess, when you when you're loving that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah, that's what's happening. And I can't believe how like quickly this year is just running through. It's just unreal. Yeah, like, I know. Like we're we're going away on holiday on the fifteenth of December, and it's like holy, oh, it's like five weeks away, and I just feel like I've got so much so much stuff to do like leading up to then but like you know anyway so yes this year is rapidly coming to an end and um yeah it's just just amazing you know but uh what a what a year it's been and i think that i think a lot is changing i think a lot is shifting i think people's consciousness has definitely taken a big leap forward um, yeah i think so too like in the last couple of months and we'll discuss more of that a little bit later in the show and that's why i think they're trying so hard to continually try and keep us in that um to the two minds you know it's, it's either going to be left or right you know what i mean they're, they're constantly trying to make us in that that binary thinking of it's only going to be left or right 
instead of seeing things as a whole or, or the bigger picture. Like I always said, it's had it for years, you know what I mean? You've got to fucking take that step back and look at things from that sort of two-party perspective, you know, third-party perspective, sorry, and, and, and see it for what it really is as a whole rather than this sort of binary thinking that people get caught up in all the time. So, yeah, you're right. It's There's definitely um, – they've definitely ramped it up a lot too. And, and, and this whole conflict, um, which is happening overseas again, you know, that's, that's all part of it too, I think. You know, it stepped up right in time for when um, Mr. Netanyahu was almost going to be ousted in, as a, as their leader, and then he's all of a sudden, oh, oh, you know, oh, Hamas is invaded. You know, they're going to keep everyone in that us versus them mentality. Back to the binary thinking once again. You know, so yeah, it's well, hard it's to escape. Keeping it. people in a, yeah, it's keeping people in a perpetual state of fear, mm. which is a lower vibration. Low vibration. That's right. Definitely where where they want people to be, you know, concerned about their future, about, mm. you know, money and, and how they're going to earn a living. And, and on a world stage, you know, if you can put um, Jewish people and, like, Muslim people collectively around the world in a state of fear, then it's it's massive. It's absolutely massive, you know. So I understand why they do it um, uh, and... You know, I'm just not. I'm not buying any of it. It's not. It's not me. I don't want it to be me, and neither should anyone else buy themselves into this absolute bullshit. Mm, mm, big time. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll um, we'll get into that shortly. I want to just um, have a bit of a laugh before we do, um, because I think it's people who have listened to the show have uh, probably heard me ramble on about having to go out, uh, having a, a night out with the missus on an anniversary back in the day and, um, you know, having to be scanned in in places. You want to order something? No, you've got to scan the fucking QR code. No, you want to do this? No, you got to order your, on your phone. No one comes to the table to take your order anymore. All this sort of shit. Like, it's just, like, there's enough, enough already, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I've been saying this for ages, right? Yeah. Danielle was sitting there reading and this popped up on her little news feed and she's like, look at this, babe. Aussies fume over being asked to use QR codes at restaurants. I'm like, oh, they've written this about me. Like, what's going on here? Must have read my comments and my Google reviews on certain restaurants. <laughs> but apparently, I'm not alone, folks. Aussies have bound together in a protest at a problematic restaurant trend that became mainstream across the country during the COVID scandemic. Uh, thousands have agreed to being fucking tired of being asked to order food and drinks via a QR code on their phones in lieu of having orders taken by a worker or placing orders at the counter. One particularly fed up Aussie com uh, complaint received an enormous reaction this week following their visit to an establishment on Queensland's Sunshine Coast. They're probably up at Noosa somewhere, I'm guessing. Uh, they went to a, uh, went to a restaurant early earlier in Sunny Coast, asked for a menu. The only menu they had was on the door and was directed to a QR code menu on the table. This is a quote. It's for this fucking web app called uh, Me and You, which proceeded to charge a 6.5% venue surcharge, a 2% payment processing fee, and then had the audacity to ask for a tip, 10, 15, or 25% as the cherry on top, the diner wrote in a post to social media. Uh, they added how sick they were of technology supposedly intended to solve an issue uh, actually making everything worse and more inconvenient for everybody. That's right. It's just, it's never ending, guys. Um, so, if you're tired of, uh, of tech being used to solve an issue 
but only making everything worse and more inconvenient for everybody. And this is what I've been saying. It's not convenient. It's a fucking pain in the ass. Uh, hundreds of others enthusiastically agreed, and many added they also don't like being asked to enter their personal details. That's right, because you got to put like details on these things. Uh, you're waiting. You're waiting your own table and paying an extra fee for the privilege. It's fucked. One person added. <laughs> it's also a big stinking f you to anyone uh, old or not tech savvy. All just to hoover up your data. Another added, which is right. This is exactly what it's about. Some, however, shared that they preferred using the QR codes, blah, blah, blah. I'm only going to read that comment because, of course, you don't. Uh, there you go. So it goes on a little bit. I'll put the link in the show notes for everyone who wants to uh, read the rest of it. But basically, people are starting to get fed up with this. And we recently had a bit of a catch-up with some of my friends. It was all at one of our friends' birthdays. We went out to a Thai restaurant, and um, there was no menu. There was a drinks menu, but they didn't have a food menu. And we are like... Um, What's oh sorry, just blanked out your screens now for a second then, but we're still recording. That's good. Um, yeah, so and uh, we're sitting there like, oh, can I just have a menu? And they're like, oh no, you just do it here. You have to order here, and then we just bring it over to you. Like you don't even have to go to the bar. You don't have to go anywhere to order. I'm like, like if, they, if they're going to bring you the stuff, surely they can just stand there and take your order anyway. Like I don't get it. It just doesn't. It does my head in. Um, it doesn't seem to speed things up. It doesn't seem to be doing anything other than sitting there at the phone because Daniel and I just looked at each other and we're just looking at all their friends are sitting there on their phones like this. Oh, what are you ordering? Oh, I'm going to do this and stuff, you know? Like, anyway, we, we didn't want to have any bar of it, so we just told one of the friends, oh, we're both going to have this. Put that in your phone. We're not using our phone. Yeah, that was the end of it, you know. But this is this is where it's at. And it was just, it's just frustrating and annoying. So I don't know if you guys encounter this but we, even when we went down just recently to, down to the Kingscliff to have a bit of a boys' weekend away, same sort of thing. You know, even the pubs that you go to have this sort of um, stuff going on. You know, you want to order a meal, it's scan the QR code. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to do it. What if you don't? What if you forget your phone? What are you going to do? You know, like, can you not eat then? Like, it's just silly. It's not convenient at all. I hate it. And they and then they're charging you. They're building in the cost of these systems they're using into the prices as well. So, you know, they're saying, oh, it's saving us on on wages and stuff. Well, not really. Like it's, you're just, you're just charging people more to make up for it anyway. So yeah, anyway, bit ridiculous, yeah, but, but sorry, but I was no, just going to say. Yeah, we'll continue general, sorry. I was just saying, it's it's finally, it's, it's good to see that actually it's hitting a mainstream media article and that people like us or myself in particular maybe, uh, are over this and we're over this when they first brought it in during the COVID nonsense, you know what I mean? But it's, it's actually good to see that it, the tide is turning a little bit and people are, are balking up and having to do this sort of shit. Go on, man. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's really good that people are fed up with it because you just mentioned it. There really is no excuses around why it's better because mm. that's not the point of it, right? It goes beyond the concept of a cashless society. People were worried about the cashless society, but you're not even at the counter anymore putting your card in and tapping it on the thing. You're sitting there, you're getting normalised to QR codes, and it's almost this subconscious programming towards this transhumanist model. That's what it's all about. No contact with the waiters. You go up and they say, no, no, don't talk to me. Yeah, go, go sit back down, scan your QR code. It's all about that robotic future because eventually they want robots to replace the wait staff. They don't want you won't be able to talk to the robots anyway. It's already happening in some pubs, you know, that I've been to in the re even rural regions. Just, just look at fast food. Like you go to any McDonald's, it's all those things. You don't even have to, 
you know, they've got like one little section at the counter to order your meal if you want to go up and order your meal. They want they they they've like ten ten of those stupid self serve things in just a simple Macca's. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, you've got to almost go through a maze to get to the counter. You've yeah, got to go through do. three yeah. sets of this three, and then you've got to dodge two people trying to direct you there. We've seen the same with banks. You go in, you just get told to go to the ATM. This is the psychology behind it, and it's not really better. It's not. Like, it's gone beyond the um, justification of, oh, it's convenient, like cashless society and whatnot. It really is this next level of training people to adapt something that they, is, is fundamentally against their nature to do all of this stuff. As you said, people sitting there looking at their phones, ordering this stuff, and there's no other option. So the fact that people are um, fed up and are telling people, no, this is nonsense that's that's a really good thing to finally see you know we should have done it during covid but yeah. and like thankfully. what i said it was it was like you know you you go out to dinner to places to have a dining out experience and a dining out experience includes having a waiter you know people bringing you the food people taking your orders and you know like it's all about you they look after you as a patron you know now it's just like here do it yourself on your phone here you do this here you pay here here you do that Although you literally don't even have to talk to a staff member, they'll walk over, they'll hand you the meal, and then you're out the door, and they're just wiping your table down. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's not experience. I can go and do that at Macca's if I want to. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. I don't want that. You know? And I think people are starting to realize that, and they're getting fed up with it, and they're actually starting to bitch about it, which is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, and it's um, it, we can. I was uh, one thing I was going to tie this into is um. Digital driver's license now goes statewide in Queensland. You probably saw that information come out recently, gentlemen, even though there's a bit of a delay and it was a bit of a – something happened when they tried to launch it. But it's it's here now. They've trialled it for a couple of years up in the north coast or whatever it was in Townsville area or whatever. But now it's, it's now live statewide. You can download the app and get your driver's license on your phone. So – you know, it's just it's more of that everything's on this fucking device and soon enough they'll phase out the, you know, the actual card. It won't be a card. You'll have to have it on your little fondle slab, you know. Um, and, and then you have, then you just, you're just used to taking that to places. Oh, can I see your ID before you come in? Have you got the right social credit score to join in this restaurant? You know what I mean? This is where it's going. It's all tied into that sort of system. So it's good to see people are actually starting to bitch about it. And I'll just quickly screen share so people can see the ones I'm referring to here. Uh, here it is. Uh, just zoom a little bit. And yes. digital driver's license go statewide. That's the one there. And this was the article I was referring to before. Aussies fume over being asked to use QR codes at restaurants. So, yeah, it's a fair bit to it. But, yeah, just wanted to bring that up for the listeners out there just to say that, um, yeah, see, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I was... <laughs> I've been bitching about this for years now, <laughs> and it's, more people are joining the army, <laughs> so it's good. A uh, uh, little bit of fun there. But Andy, have you have you encountered the same thing? If you go out, have you been out with the missus recently on a little, uh, on a, you know, taking her out on a date at all lately? Have you encountered any of this sort of stuff? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, made plenty of times, almost weekly. Uh, no, no, not really. She's really um, look, I, I, yeah, I am a good bloke. Um, <laughs> look. Uh, Look, man, I 100% agree with you. And, like, since when did the point turn that, like, uh, going to a restaurant with your bloody phone, like, at one point, it wasn't that long ago that that was rude, right? Yeah. Do you remember that, where yeah. it was a bit of a movement 
Like, like, like. It was shown. You would on. see someone on their phone, like talking on their phone or fiddling with their phone at, at the table next to you, like a couple of years ago. You'd be like, look at this fucking idiot. Look how rude he is, you know? Yeah. Now it's like you it have to true. have it. You have to do it. Like, fucking hell. And, and it's just like, it almost changed within, like, I reckon, 18 months period that it was like rude to now fully accepted. Like, that's the that's been a big culture shift in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with you. Um, like friggin' hell, what is wrong with like having a like a, a, like an A4 menu that's laminated put on the tables? I mean, how hard could it be? I mean, really? Mm. Like, like, Daniel and I went out to the old, just to the Browns Plains Hotel last night for dinner. And this is one thing, and we we actually like this. We've got to the little counter where they say, oh, yeah, we're, you know, please wait here, be seated." She's come up to us. She's she, and she, the, the actual the lady has gone young, only a young girl too. She's gone. Oh, would you like a menu or would you like to use the the, you know, the QR code on the table? And like they actually actually asked us. We we're like, oh, we'll take the menu, thanks. Like, and we we're like, Danielle, I looked at you like, really? That, that's awesome. They actually asked you if you wanted a proper menu. I'm like, simple, you know? Why not? Yeah, why not? Just do that. Yeah. It's so much easier. <laughs> just give us the fucking. Yeah. But I was happy that they actually asked. You know what I mean? Like. Fair enough. They didn't just force it on you. We had to be the one to ask. It was like offered to us. I'm happy with that. I'm, I'm, I don't mind the option being there for the numbskulls that want to sit their fucking phones. Fair enough. I mean, I would prefer they weren't there, but give them the fucking option. I'll be like a more civilized person and sit there with an actual menu, you know. But general, too, on the other point of view, like from a business point of view, if you just spent a little bit of time training your staff, having a person like a waiter that is like got some sort of ability to kind of like sell up and say to you, you know, like, oh, the fish is really good tonight. You know, and that mixed with that garlic bread and, and a couple of couple of these drinks that we've got on special, oh, you know, next level. You know, you yeah. guys got to try this. Like, yeah, we've talked then, about you know, that. You're I'm right. A, I'm a sucker for that too, and I love that. <laughs> I love And I love it when you've got like a, you know, a person that just sort of like into their job, Knows how to yeah, sell. They know up the basic bit. skills of being a waiter. Yeah, yeah exactly. If, you think about it. If you could just pull, like, from a restaurant's point of view, an extra ten or fifteen bucks per person. Yeah, that's right. Like just, just coming in and just describing with some sort of enthusiasm yeah, what are, about yeah. what's going always on. Always point out your yeah. Always good. point out the higher items on the bill on the on the menu. Yeah. Oh, you can't go past these. They're so good. Yeah, exactly. You're making more money for the business. I mean, for what? what for, is for nothing. wrong with that, General? Like, like, yeah. why aren't businesses doing this? Is it, is it because they can? And they're so short-sighted they can only see saving uh, a, like a buck from a, like a young person that's like, you know, that could be properly changing. Is is that what it's all about? That mm. the time that it takes to take your order is like someone's hourly wage that the business owner is saving through this tech. Is it really, have we just got to that stage where that's all I can think of, rather than thinking from a business perspective, if this, if this person is trained properly, then they could like upsell each client by at least an extra 10 bucks, then we will more than like cover that person's wage mm. and, and then profit the business even even further yeah. i mean like to all those business owners out there like come on like, it's almost it's almost as if on. it's it's really almost only just about the like the i think ethan mentioned before the culture change or you might have said too 
it's just about pushing that culture change into the tech side of things, you know. Don't worry about focusing yeah. on personal skills, growing the business, getting that extra bit more out of a check. It's just push push this because this is easier. Push the tech side of things because this is easier. It's like that's what they're being taught nowadays or something, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I hope that gets undone yeah. very quick. But I will say, I will say the young girl that also asked us if we wanted a menu, she showed us to her table and she actually did point out, she goes, she did. She goes here. Yeah, the specials are over here. These are really good. She and um, awesome. She showed she us the great. the palmies, and she's like, they're called like palmageddon's or something. She's like, oh, you should really try these. They're so big. Like you almost have to get a takeaway container because they're so worth it, you know. And she nearly convinced Danielle to get one too, but then we we ended up didn't though. But she was awesome. Like that. It's a fucking brownsie, you know. The Browns Plains Hotel. We got this kind of shit. It was awesome. <laughs> Can't get this at a proper some place in in town, but I'll get it at the Brownsy. So I'd go back. I would go back just because yeah. that girl works there and she was good. You know, that's the, that was the attitude of the staff. Hundred yeah. percent. And then and also to say to you, oh, you know, would you like a couple of drinks or, or uh, you know some beers? Would you like some beers? I mm. mean, an app can't do that shit. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Well, so it would have like, it could have a pop up and be like annoying you with pop ups because we all fucking ate that shit. <laughs> that would be their version of it. Yeah, try the special. Yeah, well, press the X as quickly as you can. Fuck so, off. <laughs> people like yeah. people like to interact with humans, right? And I think that's where you're probably getting to, you know. And that's where the system is sort of pushing us away with interacting with other people. But like, it's just, man. I look, I hundred percent agree with you, and and I can't stand it. My wife can't stand it either, and it's just, it's going in a backwards direction. And I just implore business owners, please come come out of this shitty system because, like, it's not serving you and it's not serving your people. Yeah. And you know, well, like, let's let's get back to you've actually reality. inspired me. And I'm going to make a note right now, just so I can actually remember to go and write a, a positive review about that and, and mention the whole menu and all that sort of shit because that's actually important. If we can start to make a positive change, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Good on you, brother. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll make a note. All right, I'll do that when I finish the show. Um, well, there we go. Well, we'll move on from there, but we can see the direction things are heading. Tied into, you know, everything's going digital. That's the way they're pushing it. So if we push back a little bit and actually let them know that we're not, a, we don't want a part of that, then maybe we can actually change things. So the other, the other aspect I wanted to uh, mention with regards to the digital driver's license is uh, I forgot I was still screen sharing at the time, but here we go. So I thought let's just have a look here. I wonder if any, any of these digital driver's licenses have been hacked. And I just did a little search. Uh, so there we go. It's easy to – because New South Wales has got them. Victoria has got them. I, mean, I think South Australia too, I think, has got them. Um, it's easy to create fake New South Wales digital driver's licenses, researchers say. This one from Security Boulevard. Excuse me. Digital driver's license fails spectacularly, spectacularly laughably easy to forge. This is from ABC. Hackers access my South Australia Gov digital license accounts, prompting warning from state government. Another one from ABC. Digital driver's license, the golden ticket of ID theft as authorities struggle to protect fraud victims. Another one. Australian digital driver's licenses can be defaced in minutes. <laughs> it's just, and yet they are pushing it big time that it's, so safe and we've and the queensland one has learnt we've learnt from the other states we know what's gone wrong and ours ours are going to be safer and better ethan that's what they've learnt so yay for the queenslanders for holding off until now to do it oh my god like fucking hell i don't want these stupid things i don't want this on my phone for fuck's sake far out 
Exactly, General. It More be, inversion. It, yeah. That, it that's must be safe it. and effective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well said, Andy. Safe and, safe and effective driver's licenses. <laughs> oh, it's gold. Oh, it's gold. All right, what else today? Oh, here we go. That's right. Um, speaking of uh, laws and all that sort of shit happening here, I'm going to play this a little bit because this has just been assented. So this bill has passed. It's one of two that have really um, caused some issues lately. We did mention, I think, on the last show, the other one, the uh, misinformation, disinformation uh, bill. We, we talked about that one. This is another one that, uh, unfortunately, has now actually um, been assented. So it's, uh, I believe it's coming into law as of the date of ascension, I think. It works. Um, correct me if I'm wrong there, Ethan. I think that's how it works. Once it's assented, yeah. it becomes law, yeah. Okay, where's my YouTube clip? Hang on. It's effectively passed, yeah. It's been yeah. assented. That's right. All right, let me bring this up because, again, audio. Okay, here we go. I won't play all of it, but just so everyone, get the, the listeners get the gist of what's going on here, let me um, go back to screen share here. Of course, it, I don't know why I just minimized on me. Hang on one second. Okay. Sorry, listeners. Everything one second. Here we go. Oh, I did it again. What's going on there? Deputy oh. Speaker. Member for Moroni. Yeah, I rise to speak on the Criminal Code, Serious Vilification and Hate Crimes Legislation Amendment Bill 2023. There we go. According to the Premier, the changes made by this bill will give the strongest set of hate speech and hate crime laws in the country. One of the bill's stated goals is to make it easier to prosecute people for serious vilification or hate speech in Queensland. In order to achieve this, the bill amends the state's Anti-Discrimination Act, removing the necessity for Attorney General's consent prior to the commencement of a prosecution and relocates Section 131A of the Act to Part 2 of the Criminal Code. This inclusion of hate speech offences in the Criminal Code opens the door for politically motivated and vexatious complaints to be made against certain individuals and groups, particularly those who don't go along with the political establishment's woke agenda. The bill increases the maximum prison sentence for public acts of hate speech from six months to three years. Public acts are defined as any form of communication to the public included by speaking, writing, printing, displaying notices or by electronic means, which means people's social media posts will, will also be policed. Part four of the, of the bill empowers police officers. I'm not taking interjections, Deputy Speaker. Stop, <laughs> detain and search a person or vehicle without a warrant and seize evidence of the commission of offence created by this bill. Uh, there are also provisions reversing the onus of proof, which means defendants will be presumed guilty until proven innocent in the court of law. This bill gives no clear definition for hate speech or hate crime, neither does it provide any test for how such offences are to be identified or measured. In her introductory speech to the Parliamentary, the Attorney-General said, the new laws will protect members of our LGBTI plus community from hate crimes and hate speech. Elsewhere in the speech, she cited the example of someone being misgendered in hospital as an example of possible hate crime captured under the bill. If misgendering someone is to be regarded as an offence under the bill, then clearly the parameters for hate speech are to be drawn very widely indeed. 
Something as simple as stating a belief that a man cannot breastfeed could put you on the wrong side of this bill. In other changes, the bill will allow the Attorney-General to ban a symbol or image without having to go through Parliament. That's the beauty of these so-called framework or umbrella bills for governments. Loosely drafted, they give no more than a broad policy outline that then can be filled later at a later date by regulation. It makes umbrella legislation the perfect vehicle for mission creep, Deputy Speaker, leaving governments with plenty of scope for more expanded criminalisation of speech over time. The bill therefore creates a new head of power for banning symbols and images, but provides no detail to which symbols and images will be prohibited under the new laws. In fact, the only symbols mentioned in the connection with this proposed bill have been the Nazi SWAT sticker and the ISIS flag. This is a common trick by governments when seeking to introduce oppressive powers, and the formula is to create an association in public mind between the proposed legislation and an already reviled outgroup for whom most people already feel extreme distaste. And this ensures that no one will feel compelled to speak out against the new powers in case they are accused of defending the reviled group and their apparent ideology. Of course, once this bill passes, those new powers can be expanded much more widely until every group of the government set out to target has been captured. Giving an attorney general... Well, there you go. That's a bit, a bit of a gist of it there. But um, open slather, mate. It's... Um like you said, it's just all a big umbrella. They can put anything in there they goddamn want, pretty much, you know. Um, not not good, actually, at all, because, you know, like you said, if if they determine that what what we're doing right now is hate speech, they, they can come after us without a warrant and just, you know, <laughs> come in, seize everything they want without a warrant at all and just can just make the claim, oh, they did hate speech without even having to, to prove or provide evidence of it. And we have to prove our innocence yeah, like you said, it's it's in, um, guilty until proven innocent, rather than innocent until proven guilty. It really just turns it on its head. Another inversion there. Crazy stuff, mate. And this is this is now in effect. So unfortunately, we've got to be a little bit careful on what we what we do and say, because um, yeah, they can literally just come in and do that sort of shit. Maybe they're looking for a martyr. Who knows? I wonder who the first person person is that will be be targeted by this law, because it seems to be that they've um, and they don't do these things for no reason. They've put this in in order to, I guess, when the next crisis happens or whatever the next thing is that comes up, that they can quickly shut down people that are speaking out against it and stuff and just determine it as hate speech. And then blanket, blanket done. Well, it's hate speech. <laughs> Prove it. No, we don't have to. Well, oh, shit. <laughs> what, yeah. do you, what do you think of that, brother? <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, well, I wrote a piece a few years ago talking about how so-called hate speech is the new thought crime mm -hmm. and how... You know, Queensland, we've always been at the heart of this. You remember we've got this legislation, 18C, which it was already a little bit tipping over the lines of what is freedom of speech versus legitimate vilification of people. And now this is pretty much that on steroids, this criminal code, vilification, hate crimes legislation that has mm -hmm. now been passed. And, you know, it talks about in relation to the race religion religion's a big one there as well that's right uh sexuality sex characteristics or gender identity of the person or the presumed race religion sex sex characteristics or gender identity of the person or in relation to groups of persons the race religion sexuality sex characteristics or gender identity shared or to be presumed shared by members of the group so it's like, 
it's all just a big word, you know, new speak in terms yeah. of, and, and it's so broad that what, what a symbol is going to be in the future? Could that be a website logo? Could that be certain, um, you know, uh, cartoons or things that are released? We've recently seen, you know, if you, Greta Thunberg had to take back having an octopus in the background of her photo because an octopus is a symbol of hate and re- refers back to the Balfour Declaration and hatred of Jews and cartoons of Jews that were there, like a little teddy octopus. And so it's like, where does the line draw on this vilification? Where does it draw on symbols? And as you mentioned, there is no real clear definition. There's no it's line, mate. It, meant to be expanded. Yeah. And... As they, as he described, it's literally any form of communication, websites, podcasts, all this type of stuff is included. And if you have any questions about this uh, social engineering agenda that is happening, you will be targeted under this by the looks of it. And this is the, the interesting thing because I guess online is so broad, we don't know whether this type of stuff expands to people that live in other states or what have you, or whether this is just a Queensland thing. We know we've got the misinformation, disinformation law coming, which will be a federal thing. But here in Queensland, it's about groups and group ideology and religion too. If we think of, and we're going to speak about Israel and Palestine, there's a lot of religious elements going on there they can capitalize on are you criticizing these people that believe in Mm. this god or this god Mm. and so it just becomes so broad that it's an effective if you're reading it between the lines or as you say general between the lies Mm -hmm. if you're reading it you can see in clear language that it can be used as like a new age thought police manual for thought crime in this state and so it definitely is you know, concerning to see this type of thing just get swept through and, you know, to even include symbols or images. I mean, they're, what does it say? They're amending three different things, the Anti-Discrimination Act, the Criminal Code, the Police Powers and Responsibility Act and the yeah, Summary Om- Offences Act. Act and, yeah, there's a whole bunch of different things there, I think, yeah. Like all of these things are being amended and, yeah. you know, this is just... Going under when people are not paying attention. They always do this towards the end of the year when people are busy or going on holidays and soon it will be a crime to have freedom of speech. And and this has been a thing that's been building for years and years and mm. they're trying to capitalise on it now. So we've got to keep an eye on this. And, again, you can't criticise anyone in the future. All tongue-in-cheek. We might have to speak in code, mate. Yeah. We have to invent our own language. Well, isn't you know that's what they did back in the day. It's funny how funny how things come in in in, in circular motion because uh, I'm pretty sure that's where that whole um, uh, what was it like a Cockney language, like the whole you know the butcher speak. You know that's where that came from because they didn't want certain groups to hear what they were actually talking about. So you know every little thing had its own little code word or whatever. And um, like I remember a guy I used to work with. Um, he was like in his 60s or 70s back then. Uh, every now and again, he would throw these little things at me. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And he's like, hey, you know what that is? Like I, one day I think I had a sore throat or something. He goes, oh, what's wrong with the old motorboat? I'm like, motor- motorboat? What do you mean? He goes, your throat. What's wrong with your throat? Like motorboat was throat. And, you know, one of the customers came up and he was like battling cancer. And he goes, oh, he's got the old Johnny Dancer. You know, like they had these little words that 
because it sounded similar to what the thing was, but they knew mm. what they were talking about, you know, so they had this little, you know, it was this whole other language, but it was, you could understand what they were talking about. So yeah, you're right. Maybe, maybe we'll be doing that before we know it. We'll be uh, doing our, um, oh geez, I'm struggling to come up with something now, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like doing our podcast could be something entirely different. We'll have to call it something else instead. Um, but I, I'm starting to, to wonder because you know how we, um, Queensland, I think in, Nine, uh, 2019 or 2018 they passed like the we now have a human rights bill or or something in queensland yeah. um i wonder if if it's going to be circumvented because of this or if it's not or if they can't circumvent the human rights bill you know with this sort of stuff like is it as is it at odds with it i i, I sort of wonder that because that and that's that human rights bill sort of enshrined that we have freedom of speech and that sort of stuff but this one seems to be coming and going well we'll determine what that freedom of what that speech actually is you know and well think think of it mate i mean victoria also has a bill of rights down there and one thing that the covid scandemic proved to everyone and beyond a shadow of a doubt is that the so-called human rights industry is nothing but a sham in this country they don't stand up for human rights whatsoever you know they they're there you've got liberty councils and stuff oh don't spy on us a little bit and stuff but they were all vanished during COVID. you wouldn't see a human rights advocate anywhere a human rights lawyer anywhere coming out where were they all they all went into hiding we spoke about this on the podcast and it's like mm. I, I really have serious doubts in the so-called human rights industry, even though we have a Bill of Rights and they should be there to protect you, to actually have the balls to stand up against this type of stuff. Yeah, but I and I, and I agree with that, but I think that they 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 know that this that there is this Bill of Rights there, so they themselves have to be careful of what they do to us and how they word things because, you know, I mean, remember when, um, was it Jeanette Young... You know, she was saying like there was like it was like oh everyone is mask mandates. Everyone's got to wear a mask in order to do this. But then it was like they then they made on the website you go through and they had exceptions like you know like there was all these things like if you know and and they and you couldn't like you could just say for medical reasons and they couldn't challenge it because they're not allowed to. You know what I mean? Like because you had these rights of, to privacy. You know, like this sort of stuff. Like so they're aware of it. They'll wear, they'll still try and do things to you. But they know when they're trying to make these laws and do these things too that they could be circumvented. So I don't know. It's that's a good I, point. Yeah, I, I hope it can be challenged. You know what I mean? I hope there's still some wiggle room in there that we can still get around things because there are certain laws in play. Anyway, so it's a that that law speak is literally on I the hope so. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I hope so too. You know, um, Andy, what do you make of that, mate? Um, I mean, should they should they have really just labelled the thing the criminal code, the Minority Report um, legislation? <laughs> <laughs> Minority report, yeah. Um, it's just <laughs> overreaction. These Labor governments. I mean, well, the Queensland government doesn't has a have a Senate, so there's no House of Review. So this mm. always fusses jack, over. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Hey, so you know, like basically, the sitting premier of the time can just throw this legislation. Everyone, of course, is going to agree underneath the premier and. It just rolls through, no, no problem. So, mm. um, but yeah, you look, you know, it's it's been a slow creep anyway. For, we've been watching it for some years now, isn't it? So it's just, um, yeah, it's just it's coming down the road. Um, can can someone explain it to me, Andy? I still don't get why we don't have the Senate. Like, why don't we have that that tier of overview? Like, how come we're the ones that missed out on that? 
Well, do you know the story behind that, or do you know what Ethan? If you uh, want to guess? well, I can I can guess. Yeah, well, have you guess? Yeah. Well, it, I mean, to to start to bring in a Senate would need the current sitting government to actually, you know, put it in place, and of course that doesn't serve them, right? No, they don't um, want oversight. I mean, yeah, that's right. They don't want an oversight. So basically, someone would have to. Yeah, it would have to be a powerful move from the sitting government to actually, you know, like bring in a in a senate. I think it. Well, what I'm saying is, like, why wasn't it created that way to begin with? Like the rest of the state yeah. governments and stuff. Like, I just don't know how we ours slipped through. It's just that's some sort of that's some history there that I would actually like to know. Well, it says here it was abolished in. Uh, it was 19... abolished, so we did have it. Yeah, well, it was abolished in 1922, and it's the upper chamber, the Legislative Council, um, that was abolished, and we still have the Legislative Assembly, who each serve a for, for a fixed four-year term. So we know that we have, for example, Senator Malcolm Roberts and mm -hmm. senators up here that have that title, mm -hmm. but we are the only single-chamber legislature um, that is in australia and it says mm. here we had it for 63 years the queensland legislative council and the abolition the abolishment of the upper house of the legislative council in 1922 made us the only single chamber legislator so it is what was that that was during the crash one of the crashes wasn't it yeah well they've just come out of world war one yeah. so trying to recover from that a lot of the world was you know, pretty pretty devastated at the time, but mm. yeah, it is it is fascinating to take a look because we do have what they call senators. We've got that's right, know, yeah, that's because that's what I always wonder. We're like, oh, we don't have this this senator oversight. I'm like, we've got state senators and stuff. Like, it's just yeah, it always did my head in. I can never wrap my head around it. Yeah, no, it is um, it is very. So we've got senators, yeah. but they don't seem to get together and and have this sort of oversight type almost like a committee or legislation, legislative house or whatever to, to, tie, to kibosh what the lower house wants when they put it forward. We just, once that lower house gets it forward, they go, well, it's in now. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yep. That's, it's, yeah. It's fucked up. It's, um, here Are we you go. talking about the senators, like federal senators, like Malcolm Roberts? Yeah, so we have um, the federal senators that come together for the federal like they represent yep. and they go down to parliament, but we don't have yep. an upper house here that can elect people like you see down in Victoria and what have you. Mm. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So the yeah. federal senators only deal with federal matters, nothing to do with what's going on at the state level, hey? Yeah, whereas, you know, other states, they do have their own state senators that get in there and there's two tiers of it. And we don't have an yep. upper house here. It's um, ridiculous. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So basically, the you know the, the the lower house, the current sitting government, can just run run riot and enact these draconian laws as they as they wish. Um, yeah. There's 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 nothing. There's no no oversight to stop this stop this madness. So it just it's just going to roll through. Exactly, Andy, and that's that's why it's even worse here in Queensland because, as you said, it can just go through because the House of Representatives and all of the so-called members that are everywhere, I mean, the lower levels are just people you elect in your local areas and stuff. It's it's very easy to 
silenced them. We just saw one of the MPs in Queensland Parliament then reading out then and about the uh, the law passing, and he was getting opposition there. Ah, oh, shut up! What do you know? And he had to say, "I'm not taking interjections." So please shut them up, House Speaker. This is on all levels of Parliament, where you know they they sort of um, get. It's almost like a big club, like any other workplace. If you don't fit in with the culture, you go to the side. If you don't fit in with the certain way that they want to go about things, you're the outcast and you won't be selected. We saw Senator Gerard Reddick. They just said, no, you're not going to be um, eligible for re-election next term. We're just going to choose someone else to run in your seat. So they don't even get a choice with that type of thing, the MPs and even the federal senators. But at least... In other states, they've got that second tier where senators can sort of um, battle it out. We saw this um, happen during, remember when Dan Andrews was uh, passing his uh, indefinite pandemic laws down there and there was the stop the bill protests and everything. That was, oh, it's passed the first level. Now it's going to be debated by the senators. Whereas here, it just passes the first level. And as long as you've got a majority there, you're all fine. So... Queensland's a very interesting state, and that's why I don't have, uh, you know, a lot of confidence in things. But hopefully, I'm wrong. Mm. Hopefully, we still do have some type of a system that uh, is there for good things, mate. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, all right, um, let's move on now. We sort of talked about, we've been uh, alluding to it a little bit throughout the episode so far, but one of the other things we wanted, to, I wanted to bring to the agenda for the episode, folks, is because um, we did mention it on the last uh, episode of the show, um, episode 20, where we talked about the no vote winning and then we talked about the Israel-Palestine conflict was really just about a land grab. Um, but there seems to be a lot more to it than that, um, or perhaps even a lot less. <laughs> because some things have kind of come to our attention that really just illustrates that this is indeed a... Quite a quite a conflict, you know. It could be a bit of a con job, you know. I think that's why maybe they want to call it a conflict. Um, not everything is as it seems. There's a lot of shenanigans going on, folks. Um, and a term that's been, and I'm not sure if you coined it or if it's um, come up in where is it? Discord here. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, Twitter. Twitter had it. Hang on. Is that it's being referred to as Pallywood, like this Palestine Hollywood. This Hollywood style conflict here we go i'll go to the screen share here and, we'll, and i'll just i'll just throw up a whole bunch of examples and then we'll, we'll flesh it out a little bit just to illustrate that not everything is as it seems in this conflict um there is real hardcore propaganda coming from both sides uh israel and palestine both both putting out major amounts of fake news use of crisis actors all this sort of stuff actually before i share that clip i'll still screen share but let me just bring up I saved some of the images uh, in my downloads folder. Here we go. Well, before you do that, General, let's set sure. the scene for some of the listeners out there instead of just jumping straight into to Pallywood, sure. you know, sure. because a lot of people would already be thinking, what the hell are you talking about? This is getting very deep down the rabbit hole, and this is what we, we sort of explore behind the paywalls of our website and whatnot, and it has to do with this concept of the war hoax, which is what I call one of the four 
phantoms of reality, meaning it's a major pillar of deception that everything else flows from, from the smallest of conflicts to so-called wars, all the way up. And over the years, I've explored World War Two, some of this, you know, the movie elements of World War Two, and the, the the role that Stan Lee and others had as part of military uh, propaganda units to create imagery from the war. Lots of wars throughout history, so-called wars, are not as we think they are. And John Baudrillard was someone that introduced the world to this concept of the only thing that we're seeing is what we see through our telescreens, what we see through our televisions, the operational mode of war. We don't know what that really is. And now that this has erupted, this um, Israel-Palestine uh, conflict, we are exploring that war hoax topic again. And, you know, a lot of people are so easy to look at the deceptions of Russia and Ukraine, mate, but it might be a little controversial mentioning mm at all that the palestinian side would be lying about anything for any type of means so for yeah. anyone out there bear with us and we're going to go through it it's called as general said pallywood now you might look this up and say oh it's just zionist propaganda but if you just put um, your beliefs to the side for a minute. We're not defending Zionism here. We're not on the side oh, of no. Israel. We're not, yeah, that's we're getting that's that to binary the thinking again. Yeah, people get away from the binary thinking. Okay, it's not either side. Okay, it's not one or the other. Stop, people, listeners out there, don't get caught up in that. That's what Ethan's sort of trying to say here. Yeah, don't get caught up in all of that. What I want you to do is just suspend belief of what you know about war and just look at what you're seeing from mm. both sides and then we can get into well why on earth would the palestinians be even trying to fake them and what is the palestinian side and then you you start to peel back the onion layers where again i'm in the firm minority on this one even amongst some of my own members who disagree with me on this topic so this is a, a, a bit of a it's tough a to wrap your head around i'll give i'll give people that it's so i just really wanted is. to set that tone before just jumping straight into yeah. oh here's no, all the fake that. palestinian propaganda yep. because a lot of people would be like what the hell are you talking this is i'm seeing it every day bombs and people dying and babies i'm seeing it on my screen every day and that's the point you're seeing it that on the is, screens. That is the point. That's right. We are being shown this for a reason. It, and uh, I, I mentioned this in in chat with uh, Ethan in his Discord, is that you, you got to remember there's a reason why they show you, you know, image, imagery of children and women blown apart or killed or shot or limp or whatever. You know, there's a reason why they're showing that to you. Don't and just get caught up in the emotional side of it. Exactly. And everyone, you're out there listening, you already know about the Israeli fake side of things, how they're faking all the stuff on Twitter, fake blood everywhere. This post is fake, fake shoes. We don't know if the beheading of babies was accurate. You know that the Israeli side is lying and, and propagating fake propaganda, but potentially on the other side as well, yep. they're doing the same. And what questions does that bring? Yeah. It appears, and that's what we're going to try and highlight here, it appears that, that both sides are doing the same thing, and uh, the real reason is why. Why are they doing that as well? Why are both sides propagating this um, this war hoax kind of thing? Because, um, again, I, I mentioned this in the chat, um, in Ethan's Discord, when we were having a bit of a conversation. I said, like, 
I'm not there. None of us here, probably none of our listeners who are listening to this right now, are there. They can't verify that all this is happening right now. Um, we're only given what we see in media, um, what we see on mainstream news clips, what we see on social media clips, which are apparently still mostly from mainstream sources as well, or even even people who are apparently, you know, just the everyday people putting up these clips and things. And you're like, well, you know, they're getting rather close to this sort of stuff if it's real, or how, how have they got such a good angle on this? Or the timing was perfect on some of the videos that these so-called, you know, innocent bystanders are showing. You know, it's interesting. So we'll, we'll, we'll start throwing up a few examples as well. Um, but, yeah, just to and, – and you made a good, too, uh, a good point there as well, Ethan, is that – people were, were very quick to point out the hoaxery going on with the Ukraine conflict. And that's still going on right now. You know what I mean? That hasn't gone away. There's still a fakery coming out of there. There's still bullshit. People still, you know, remember the cardboard cutout guns. We even, we talked about that on the show as well. You know, like yeah. that, that's, that's, you know, that people were so quick to point that out. Ah, it's bullshit. Look at the fakery. That's so fake. Blah, blah, blah. You know, how did this happen? Lots and lots and lots of examples. But for some reason, when it came to this particular conflict, oh, no, you're a shill or you're a shill for the, the Palestinians. You're a shill for the Zionists. You're, a sh you're either one with them or against them. You know, that was this mentality all of a sudden came about. Like, wait a minute, where'd this come from? And I think that actually was also controlled as well. And they want to keep people in that binary state of thinking as well. It's either left or right. Get away from that, folks. All right, we're going to use and, some examples. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, it's because I think Israel's ties to the New World Order and people just don't want to even be thinking that they're even, oh, I'm not, you know, people would say you're defending Israel by highlighting some of this stuff. It's like I'm not defending Israel at all. What I'm doing is seeking the truth about what's going on. And when you look at the truth, you'll find that it actually benefits both sides for this to keep going, this so-called genocide that's taken 75 years to achieve and is still ongoing, worst genocide of all time, you know, this is, uh, it's uh, it's hard to get into. We're already probably rustling a few jimmies, so. And that's might... fine, and, and, you know, again, <laughs> if you're out there and you're being offended by this discussion, then it's not a discussion for you, and you should stop listening right now because you're not mature enough to handle it, so. Um, all I would just suggest is just take it on board. You know what I mean? Make your mind up after you've seen as much as what we're going to try and show you here. Uh, all right, let me just start a little bit, a bit of a screen share here. And that's the other thing too, I've got to try and find them while we're doing this as well, but there's a lot of AI imagery. That's what people need to remember as well. AI is a very powerful tool that is being used. And we've seen how powerful this tool is. There's a lot of AI imagery coming out now too, and people are being fooled by that as well. Um, so just keep that in mind as well that, you know, we're, and I, I, I did share a video with, with my own group just recently where a gentleman was, I think it was like a TED talk or something. He's up on stage going, we've now passed the point in, in time and history where we cannot trust the things we see in, in videos and imagery and stuff because of AI, because it can be so easily faked within seconds. So we're, we're past that point where we can actually, it's too, it's too hard. It's too hard to trust what we're, what we're seeing. Um, and people are still falling for it. So keep that in mind as well. All right. Uh, here we go. I'll just do the desktop. Where's the desktop? And, of course, for all the listeners, we'll describe what's on the screen and, and what have you. But let me show. All right. We'll just do these one at a time if I have to. Here's the first one, for example. Oh, where'd it go? All right, you see this one, folks? You got that one? Yeah, so the guy you're seeing on the screen right now is he's got the nickname of Gaza guy. 
And yep. if you look at some of the videos coming from the Palestinian side, and we it says on the screen here, it almost shows there's nine different frames of nine different videos. In, in one, he was a freedom fighter. In one, he was a blood donor. He was a foster father. In one, he was a patient that was half dead. In another one, he was a corpse in a bag. He's been a war correspondent. He's been... Then MRIs. He was he was a singer. He was doing a video. He was doing songs and singing songs. That's why it says American Idol. <laughs> singing songs, and he was singing songs to children, and he was a lovable tourist. And this yeah. is the same guy in multiple, multiple videos that just seems to keep popping up in all of these different roles on the ground in Palestine. Now, cast mm. your mind back, folks, to say, the Boston bombing, and was it Sandy Hook as well? Or was a few of those incidences where there was that chick, the, the screaming chick that she was always crying and on the phone. She popped up in, like, three different disasters in the U.S. She was a crisis actor. Like, these, they are literally hired to do these things. Otherwise, she just happens to be the most unlucky woman ever. That She just happened to be in three or four different, um, you know, major disasters all across the country. So, yeah, this shit happens. All right, so that's one example there. Uh, it's going to make me do these one at a time, so sorry about that, folks. Uh, here's the next one. Here's another bloke, aid worker rescuing the same... Actually, is it the girl? I think it's the girl this time. She's been rescued three different times by three different men. Yeah, it's the girl this time. That's right, not the guy. So there we go. It's, uh, I'm not sure how big that is for you guys. I'll see if I can make that a little... Yeah, no, loud, very clear there. Yeah, but yeah it's the yeah. same curly-haired girl that keeps getting rescued and yeah. has the so-called white phosphorus all over her. Yeah. Pretty much the same pajamas or whatever she's wearing too. So there you go. Either she's just terribly unlucky or it's um, crisis actor. Yeah. Um, all right, that's that one. And here's an example of some AI as well. Now, anyone who believes this to be a real image, I'm sorry, you are a dupe. This is dead set an AI image. <laughs> it's too perfect. Look at them. Look, look at those them. little, look at those oh, little faces. The little one that the camera and look at it. It has three hundred and twenty thousand reactions on mm. Facebook. Mm. Five point eight thousand comments of people love and support. We love this. We yeah. love and support. And it's a clear AI image, isn't yeah. it? And you can see it. Look at the guy in the background. He's on a bit of an angle, like he's distorted and stuff. Like. Um, the camera work would actually most likely pick that up, but even in the background, he is lots of different things and elements that aren't real. And it just happens to have the, he's just happens to, in all this conflict, everything that's going on, he's got the same jumper as his, um, siblings do. He's got, just happens to be holding the flag, the flag on the little one, you know, like just happened to have found that in the rubble, I guess. You know what I mean? What a coincidence. Um, yeah. Another example of some AI imagery there um actually i found a good one as well of that guy of our of our gaza guy again let me bring up it was in my my telegram here he is oh, there's no audio sorry folks but here's our gaza guy gaza's got talent he's all over the place he's everywhere all right and oh, oh now he's in hospital he, he can't talk oh he's struggling Got cords attached to him. Friends and people are patting him. Very concerned for him. 
And it was funny, there was actually a German, uh, I believe it might have been independent media source, actually did a story on him, like <laughs> the many the many roles that this guy has. Yep. And it was a full-on professionally produced, they had a big screen. It was, um, it was really well again. There he is again. There uh, he is. There's our tall guy. Oh, he's crying. Then he's got his armed. He's got his weapons. He's part of Hamas. <laughs> you know, come on, folks. This is the shit we're talking about. All right, it's another example there. Um, I'm just sorry, but apologies. I'm gonna just try and scroll till I find that one uh, I was referring to. Uh, but yeah, so just go on, Ethan. Just uh, if you've got any more examples, there. Oh, did I save some more? I think I got. Yeah, well, I, I had those three. There was some AI ones I'm trying to find for you guys. Another AI one that was really good. So bear with me. So John the Bond did a video where he created uh, three different AI images using three different AI model creators, which is um, very good of just people standing in rubble. And it just highlights the, the power of artificial intelligence. But not just that, we're going to get into the bigger questions of, well, why would they be faking this? Yeah. And, you know, this is where it goes into the bigger war hoax um, ideology where you really have to break through that glass ceiling and you do. really you do. look at things objectively to understand that it benefits both sides and what really is going on in Gaza, this place that is about half the size of Logan City, so let's say about 30 or so suburbs, the size of 30 suburbs, most of the people that are over there in Israel and Gaza, they're not even uh, in the main parts where this is happening. They're watching it on their screens as well. But we'll get uh. into the difference between the operational side of the hoax and the simulated side of the hoax in a minute where the yep. world, all we receive is what's through our our screens, our monoliths, through That's right. our carefully curated Twitter feeds by all of these organisations. But on the ground, all they have to do is just let off a few firecrackers, a few bombs here and there. It's not denying that real things aren't happening. But what that does is just keep the people in a perpetual state to remember that there is supposedly an enemy. Let's think of 1984, boys. Winston is walking and a bomb goes off and they're under attack. And what we find out is that this was the state itself dropping the bomb on themselves to keep the people believing there is that enemy out there. We're always at war with Eurasia. Right, right dark fire. Yes, and we've seen this countless times in the past, but during this conflict, if you even try to suggest that all of this might be theatre, that potentially the people that are in these so-called areas are in on the act. And we know that Hamas was created by Israel. We know the Palestinian yeah. Liberation Organisation is in the World Economic Forum. We know that that so-called side was taken over long ago. That's not denying there was legitimate conflict at one point or disagreements and people were driven out of land. It's now the narrative is continuously fed upon. There are no sides anymore. And they want you in this perpetual state of fear thinking there is a genocide, there is a world war happening. All of this stuff is happening. But when you really objectively look at it, 
you you're not there and the interesting thing general is i've heard from some people you can't go there right now some people les luther who was he flew to ukraine to walk around during the so-called war with mm-hmm. his camera and said there is no war what's yeah, going on nothing going on i remember that yeah I'm walking around. He just did like hours and hours of footage walking around Ukraine. Where is this war? Mm. He tried to go over, and guess what? The flights, you can book them, but when you show up to Israel, they say, you know, there's a war going on right now. You don't want to come in here. There's a war going on. You can't even get close to the so-called Gaza Strip to verify this for yourself. Yeah, that's right. All right, well, here's another example here. This one was being propagated to be like, oh, they're, they're mocking us, they're mocking us. But this is just another example of an AI image. Uh, so then you've got George Bush here being spoken to by security detail at 9-11 in the, as part of the imagery. So this is an AI image, but it was supposed to be an image of some IDF soldiers walking through the rubble or something. All I can see is just your Telegram chat. Oh, you don't see that video? Hang on one sec. No. I'll see if it comes up again. I'll probably have to stop the share and go back to it. Give me one sec. Sorry. Just for the the people watching along, but yeah, it's um it, for people. It's just opening up your minds to understand. Think about it. Palestine receives funding. Can you see this? Israel. I can. Is are you talking about this little video here? Yeah, yeah. The absolute mockery thrown in people's faces. Yeah, yeah. So zooms out a little bit. It's not playing or anything. It's just I just, still I just paused it. Yeah, so I, I just paused that there. So can you see that image, though? Yeah. See, that's George Bush and his security detail leaning over on 9-11 when he's in the, in the school reading to the children. That's the image there. And you've got, so you've got to squint your eyes to see it if you can't see it. Just squint and you can see it. Are you talking about this African-American gentleman I'm supposed to squint at? Oh, <laughs> it's not showing. Son of a bitch. Now, I'm going to have to actually find the fucking video, uh, the actual image. Hang on. Uh, it's not working. Oh, uh, now it's playing. Oh, and you can see that now, can you? Can you? Yeah. It's Is not it big, big enough? enough for me to do anything. Well, there we go. Zoom's out there. Can you see that? Can you see that there? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's genius. Yeah, so there you go. That's, another, that's an example of an AI imagery there. It's got George Bush being spoken to by security detail. But it, it, when, you, when you're close up to it, all you see is the rubble of the destruction of, you know, Palestine and ruins and an IDF soldier walking through. So that's one. Another example there. Um, there were some good ones. I knew I should have just saved them to my phone. It's all right. Most people can just go on and search Pallywood on, say, Twitter yeah, or that's what right. have you. Yeah, but the thing the is, is, a lot of people will automatically conclude this is just Zionist propaganda. This is just to cover up the genocide that is happening. Whereas we've done, you know, a lot of work finding these images. I went on Snapchat maps and then all you see was people uploading to Snapchat and watching rap videos in their house in Gaza and then all of a sudden, once all the Snapchat started getting exposed, all of a sudden it's all war imagery again and bombs going off. And, you know, what do we really see? What is really being fed to us? That's what people need to ask. And, you know, this is where it goes in. It's, it's, it, there is a hoax hierarchy and it, it's, it's about working the way up, you know. A lot of people wouldn't subscribe to this notion that 
it's all fake, that nothing's really not happening. And it's been like that for years. I just want to bring up a couple of... Uh, Please, while I'm searching, yep. While you're still searching, um, Bordrelata, as I mentioned, brought this to the people's attention. And this was a quote by him from one of his works, quote, with a script, a scenario that has been implemented, war becomes a gigantic special effect. Cinema becomes the paradigm of war, and we imagine the quote-unquote real as if it was only a mirror of its filmic being. Then he talks about, today, the world order, which has virtually reached its end, finds itself grappling in all the current convulsions with the antagonistic forces spread throughout the dimension itself. A fractal war of all cells, of all singularities, rebelling in the form of antibodies. A clash so elusive that the idea of war has to be rescued from time to time by spectacular set pieces like the Gold War. It says that war itself is immense. It's a spectacular death apparatus. But the medium of this process of terrorist rationalisation of the social, the murder on which it's founded, total complicity, division of labour between two adversaries is the very end and reshaping of domesticating social relations. So it really is a, a deep intellectual concept to try and get your head around. He wrote a book, The Gulf War Never Happened, and... You know, I've spoken probably, I've done 11, 12 hours really going into depth, so it's hard to sort of sum up what the war hoax is, but we know about Iraq, Afghanistan. We know that they lie to us. Wag the dog, if people haven't seen that movie, that's a fantastic movie to go watch and understand how they can create fake wars as a means and fake imagery as a means of propaganda now again this isn't denying that potentially some real things happen and this is the operational mode of war similar to how jews all the sirens go off in israel and they all have to huddle in their houses we're going to be attacked but then it's all a false alarm and then oh we're going to do a ground invasion on gaza oh but then one more hostage got released and okay we'll sit back a couple more days Drop a couple bombs here, a couple bombs there. It keeps the people in the region from asking questions. I don't want to go over there. I just saw one bomb get dropped. There's clearly a genocide happening over there. And those are the people that are close to it. So think of the people like us on the other side of the world just looking at this through our screens. Channel 9 were even faking Palestinian atrocity propaganda this morning, claiming that a Palestinian boy got shot and all of the ambulance runners ran in, and then the ambulance, and then it zoomed out. And this lady was giving her monologue right as this happened, all perfectly. I've now, got ask that one yourself, queued up, ready to go as well. Well, yeah. Well, ask yourself, mate, why would they be staging Palestinian atrocity propaganda? Why would they even be showing it? And so... These are the questions that you've got to ask yourself, but I'll throw it back to you, mate, to yeah. have a little bit of a more look at Pallywood, which I think there's... Uh... Yeah. Well, here's one example just as a of from Israel doing it. Israel deletes post accusing Palestinians of faking their deaths using crisis actors, so they deleted that post. Um, 
but they, <laughs> they actually are. <laughs> um, here's, a, here's a video. Let's watch this one. I'm going to rushing through. Oh, does the screaming and running after the camera following. Look at it. Look at everyone just watching by. All out of the way. Well, and yeah, this is supposedly, remember that, remember, mate, they've got no electricity. Yeah, they've apparently got they've got, yeah, no electricity, no nothing. All the hospitals have been bombed or whatever. That's what they're telling us. Looks like they've got dozens and dozens of medical staff on hand. All doing nothing. Oh, yeah, just sitting back watching. All, no, even... no one's injured either. They all look perfectly healthy. They don't look like they've been starved of food for the last two weeks, which apparently we've been told as well. You know? So why would they be doing this? And that's the yeah. million-dollar question. And then you start to realise, what if both sides, supposed sides, benefit from this? Benefit from this agenda, benefit from this division. Hmm. Mm. Here's this, uh, for everyone watching right now, and I'll include this on tottnews.com, this is just the fakest um, Channel 9 stuff they've done. <laughs> did, this, did this go full screen? Is it full screen for you? Is it nice and big? No, it's back to you now. Oh, hang on. Oh, fuck, hang on, does that. I'll just have to cancel it and go back into it. Let's try to make it bigger. It doesn't seem to like when I do that, but oh, well, sorry, folks. Try it again. I've got it queued up at, at the right spot too. So a young man giving soldiers the finger, and apparently he's sniped, which you don't see. They, they cut that part out. You don't see him take a bullet. They all run in. All the press, everyone's all there on hand, Ambulance. ready to go. And then she does her monologue. This boy's yep. just been shot. Yep, she's doing her monologue. Right Perfect there. spot to film it all. Put in the ambulance now. Now, like, why would they be like, doing that? <laughs> it's just too perfectly set up. You know what I mean? Like, you don't see him get injured. There's no blood, no nothing. Like, you don't see him get hurt, but uh, no, we have to fall for that. And here's one. Here's, this is one of those ones, powerful ones. So this is the ones that we sort of garnered a bit of discussion in the Discord. So I'll show you this video again. When we show you this clip, yeah, if it's real, it's disturbing. But we don't know if this is real. And like I said, we've seen them being able to fake this stuff too many times. Okay, so can you still see the screen now? You got this? Yep. Yeah, we're seeing bloodied men and children and whatever, you know, on the ground, people grabbing them and rushing up and rushing away. Like it's it's disturbing and it's eliciting a very emotional response in the people that see this in this. Yeah, it's very hard to watch. And again, you have to take away that part of it, take away the emotion, because that's the reason why they show you this stuff. They want to, you to elicit that response in you when you see these things. You cannot prove that that's real or if it's fake or not. You can just have to remember that it's, it's purposely shown to you to, to get a response from you, an emotional response, so you don't think for yourself and you only go on impulse, okay? Um, now let me just highlight an example you provided. I'll just maximize it so it doesn't show anything else in the Discord, but here we go. All right, hopefully it just picks it up. Yep. Ah, did that go full screen? Is it still small? Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Can still can see. All right. Here we go. Fake blood. Doing up all the Palestinian people to make it, you know, make them look like they've been injured. Here's the fake blood. So there's an example of crisis actors right there. Let's see, this one goes big. This is the other part of it. Can you still see this? Yep. Yep. That's good. At least it works for the Discord. You can see all the. You know, the paint on the table. Yeah, all the, the paint, all the blood, colors. all the face. Yep. Doing up the little girl there again. There we go. So that's what I mean. So you've, you know, you've sort of shared that. Oh, I'll just, I don't want people to see that. So I'll just, I'll just read from it instead. But it's been going off in the, the Discord. And, and this is a topic a that we do. Discussion. Yeah. This is a topic that we do love uh, behind the, the paywall at TOTT News. It's not really, you know, the, the public are too. And obviously, I'm not talking about the majority of listeners listening to this, but if you started talking about this concept and trying to promote it and everything, people are too fixated in their preconceived notions, you know, and are very tribal. And even if you if you made no posts about it, you're supporting genocide. If you make a post about it, you're supporting this, you're supporting that. And people go, I can see it with my own eyes. I know people over there. I know this and I know that. Now, what you know is what you're seeing on your screens. And think about it. Israel gets billions of dollars a year. Palestine receives $30 million a year from Australia alone, the Palestinian territories. Now, if there was no war going on, guys, or so-called war, there wouldn't be any justification for all of this money. Israel mm -hmm. wouldn't need to defend itself from the big bad enemies and Palestine wouldn't need to defend itself from the oppressors. And, like, this is what we're seeing here. You know, at the very most, you know, I would say, of course, that they reckon the plan is just to force them into Jordan, into Egypt, and cause an existential crisis. But there's just so many layers, General. Like, why has the Palestinian population grown millions on the population census it's grown faster than the population of brisbane yes that's one thing I, w I wanted people to understand is that people will be expecting oh well if if these people are in such turmoil and suffering and they're getting wiped out how is their population growing so much or how is it steadily growing and not steadily dropping or something you know what i mean like that doesn't make sense but like, think about it seriously if they're trying to genocide these people and wipe them out why is their population growing that's Why is it sense. taking so long? Yeah, well, exactly. 75 you know? years, and have you seen the size of Gaza? It's supposed to be tiny. It is tiny. Mm. Millions of people there, yet every decade it continues to grow. There are five and a half million people between the two areas now. There's record numbers of people living there. And so for me, it seems to me, and again, it's, it's crazy to even perceive yourself as being on the side of israel but i'm not because i call out all of their hoaxery all the time it's just people right. aren't seeing the other side that's why we've got to do stuff like this it's like this is what's happening we can see it, it makes sense when you understand that it's all within their benefit to perpetuate this narrative and when you look at the populations how could they've got a better fertility rate than we do general yeah. that was one thing we discussed <laughs> how does that work 3.88 to our 1.55 i might 
I might move to Gaza and have a better chance of finding a woman that doesn't need IVF and have a successful family. And this is a supposed place that's getting bombed and is being genocided, yet vibrant families, you know. As long as you were as long as you're happy to sell out and start writing propaganda, you'll 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 get in along there fine, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but so you're right. This has just been a, just to finally, before I throw back to you, this has just been a time where, think about it, guys, you've seen the Israel-Palestine conflict before. Have you ever seen it like this, with the amount of societal division, with the amount of promotion of the Palestinian side to get people, you know, in an uproar? And think of what we just spoke about, vilification laws coming in, Mm -hmm. vilifying people on religion. You know they call Pallywood a dangerous right-wing conspiracy theory. The left woke mob say that if you believe in Pallywood, that that's actually an ethnic slur towards Palestinians. Now, am I going to be subject to vilification laws because I'm questioning either Israel's side, which is religion and a race, or, you know, like, or the Palestinian side, which can be religion or an Arab group? It Like... We need to understand all of this societal division. There's something else going on here. And what is that something else? Mm. And I'll throw it to you to think, to see what you guys think about why this is happening. But for me, this concept of a world war serves the state's interests. They can, we've spoken about this for years, guys. They want to overlay the Chinese model, don't they? So Mm. what better way? That's all world wars are. It's just the overlay of different models and systems. There are no combatants fighting against each other. There is no sides. It's all the one system that overlays. And all you need is one image on a screen. One chimney bomb sold the Iraq war and one mushroom cloud ended World War II. Oh, they've bombed Japan. We all got to stop now. And that's all they need to do again. Oh, this place has been nuked. The war's over. China's in charge now. And they switch it. They can just switch it like that. And so for me, the operational mode of war, if they want to get that big, is just the overlay of models. And I know, you know, it's hard to really... Um, it is. Until it until we get further down that line, it's, it's harder to see it, to piece it together, because we're looking at something from a little bit further off. So it's harder for people to kind of... And it's harder to articulate it too. So I know what you're saying, though. Um, yeah. Yeah. So why do you boys think this would be? Why do you think they there would be fake news coming out from the Palestinian side of things, fake atrocities, AI, as much as there is on the Israel side? And where does this lead? What's the purpose of it? All right. Uh, Andy, I'll let you go first, actually, and I'll, I'll finalise it after that. I'll, my dinner's going to be ready shortly, too. Um, <laughs> from what I can see, I just see that it's... Muslim war and of course every Muslim in the world will be backing Palestine <clears throat> and um, and uh, of course you know if you're a Muslim sitting I don't know somewhere in Europe or something like that and you feel like you want something to you know do to, to contribute then and you're a good video editor and, and of course you're going to be creating this kind of material and I just think that that's that's where you know, like we're, you know, there's a lot of people taking sides to this whole thing. So so there's just a mass and massive, and of course, like you've already mentioned in the show, like AI makes a you know, huge dent into be able, people being able to create 
still images or video in, into whatever context that you want it to to be um, and you could sit in a small studio and create all of this content in to fit the agenda that you that you want that you want and if you're a muslim sitting anywhere else in the world um gaza or or anywhere else and you know you can create that kind of content to support your brothers and sisters that are supposedly in this conflict so i mean and of course the you know israelis any any jewish people in the world could be doing exactly the same like so it just becomes a huge information war like massive one and whoever creates the most the more real type of content in some people's minds well wins the war i mm. guess that's how i see it boys fifth fifth dimensional warfare i think they call it yeah yeah mm. exactly fifth dimensional warfare and actually i was thinking about fifth dimensional warfare the other day and i'm sort of they had an air show at archfield the other day and they had all these military planes doing stuff and like a bit of a show for the people and of course all this aircraft are like like multi multi million dollar aircraft and and all of this this you know doing this stuff and i'm looking at it you know thinking man all of these resources and all of this stuff like put into physical physical equipment like like modern aircraft and tanks and stuff like that i mean if you really if you really believe in fifth dimensional warfare like i do then like it's all just nonsense you know the the wars fought on like these digital platforms and and it's a it's a war of like what you perceive the truth is and trying to influence minds mm. and garner support through these digital platforms and and it's not about marching armies and land battles and world wars and stuff anymore it's all all done in the in this in this like fake spectrum and, mm. and keeps people di divided it's all about that division you know it keeps people in that state of fear as well yeah yeah absolutely that's that's, that's part of it but, i mean if if the world can be turned to hate simply by mass of these these images against you know palestinians and and they and they saddle alongside like Israel and their supposed struggle for freedom and struggle against terrorism. Then, you know, like the whole idea from, you know, the Israeli point of view is to green light, you know, being able to carpet bomb the absolute shit out of these people into non-existence. So. Mm. And of course, Palestinians will, or Muslims really, will will just react in, in using the same technology, but in the opposite direction. Yeah. And that's yeah. where we're at. It's not so much like uh, something created by Gaza or Palestinians. I think Muslims decide with the whole thing. It's a whole, like, um, Muslim Jewish like war that's going on, and it, the whole world's involved already. All right, yeah, I, um, I'll, I'll, I'll share. Yeah, I'll, I'll share my thoughts on it, gentlemen. And it's hard to. I, I don't really know. I don't really know why it's. I mean, maybe we're just seeing a natural progression of finally now we're seeing just the, the apparent um, 
you know, victim or an enemy mentality happening here, um, you know, having their say with regards to putting out their version of propaganda as well and trying to control, both sides trying to control the narrative through propaganda and it's butting heads or something, I'm not too sure. Uh, but uh, so in, in the discussion with the Discord, and this might be a bit out of left field as well, you know, sort of, I was going to make this comment and I ended up deleting it, not actually posting it. But this video, what I'm going to try and quickly show you now, hopefully before I have to go, um, kind of explains it a little bit more. That we, we're we seeing the things that we're seeing because we've chosen to observe it. And this is all part of that whole simulation theory thing too with regards to it because it's like the double slit experiment so that, you know, the, the, the these atoms or what are these electrons or whatever behave in a certain way when they're not being observed, but when you observe them, they behave differently. You know, it's, it's, you can almost liken it to the war. If you chose, like if you choose not to ignore it and not pay attention to it, it's going to act in a particular way. But I feel like we're, we're almost changing things purely by paying attention to it and looking at it. Um, you know, it's a really tough concept to get your head around, so I'll see, I'll see if I can play this before I'm going to go. It's quite interesting. Here we go. Supporters of simulation theory often point to video games as a way to explain, if not prove, that our reality is artificial. In a video game, the only data that is rendered is what the player sees or interacts with. If you're playing a video game and there's a car or building a mile away, that entire object isn't rendered. The game engine only renders the bare minimum of information to make the object look real. A distant building is rendered as just a few pixels, not that complicated. As you get closer, the engine renders more details, but still, it's just a facade. The engine doesn't bother calculating what's inside the building until you actually go in. The game engine always knows how much data to send you and doesn't bother with anything else. If we live in a simulation, it would make sense that our reality is rendered the same way. And we could test this. Wait, well, what do you mean we can test this? Specifically, we can use the double slit experiment. Here's how it goes. If we fire particles in a straight line at a screen, after passing through a single slit, we would expect to see this clumping pattern on the screen. If we try this with a wave, we expect to see a pattern like this, where particles are most dense in the middle of the screen but radiate outward, similar to the clumping pattern. When we add a second slit, it starts to get fun. When the waves pass through the double slit, each slit creates its own wave. When those waves intersect, they cancel each other out. That creates a pattern like this. It's called an interference pattern. So, particles passing through two slits create clumping patterns. Waves through two slits creates an interference pattern. Make sense? Yeah, I'm with you. Good. If we fire electrons through the slit, we see the clumping pattern as expected. An electron has mass, so it's a tiny bit of matter. So if we fire electrons through two slits, we should see two clumps. But we don't. We see the wave interference pattern. This shouldn't be happening. What's going on here? For years, scientists assumed that the electrons were colliding with each other, causing the wave pattern. But in the 60s, the experiment was modified so that only one electron at a time was fired through the slits. There was no way the electrons could interact with each other. Yet, we still see an interference pattern. Scientists wanted to see what was causing this, so they added a detector to observe electrons as they passed through the slits. That's when things go from weird to paranormal. As soon as the detectors were installed, the interference pattern went away and the clumping pattern returned. Take the detectors away and the wave interference pattern is back. But that's a different result. 
to what we had earlier. So here's the last bit of sneakiness that we can play with atoms. Surely now, you know, we're, we're going to get to grips with it. Leave the detector there, but just very quietly go and unplug it. <laughs> Don't let the atoms know that you're not spying on them. Run the experiment again. Now, if you can explain this using common sense and logic, do let me know, because there's a Nobel Prize for you. It's as if the particles are aware they're being observed. Then physicist John Wheeler had an idea. He called it the delayed choice experiment. How it works is photons are projected through the double slit, but the detector is not activated until after they pass through the slit, but before they impact the screen. Photons were emitted as waves, passed through the slits as waves, but when the waves were observed before hitting the screen, they suddenly behaved like particles again. Still don't think there's an intelligence at work? Well, what Wheeler's experiment showed is that even though the electrons started as waves but behaved like particles after being observed, at the moment the decision to observe them was made, the electrons recorded themselves as having passed through the slits as particles. The electrons change their state by going back in time. Back in time. I personally find I'll just stop it there. So that's the sort of thing that I was kind of getting at is that maybe this everything we're seeing is happening and stuff because we're observing it. You know, it's interesting that we we've chosen to observe this this happening and now we're trying to determine, you know, are, are we now observing what's happening after they've already fired the first bullet, for example, you know what I mean? So it's just interesting I to me, this this could just be another example of a of a giant fucking simulation. To be honest, really, and we're we're now we're sitting there in that observer state, watching it happen. And we go, wait a minute, you know, this this it's unfolding differently than we thought. There's now propaganda coming from the Palestinian side, like you know what I mean. Like there's just examples of this same thing happening right now. That's where my mind was at with this whole thing too. So I'll I'll leave it there, and it's something for people to ponder as well with regards to that whole simulation theory and stuff. But that's sort of yeah, where my mind's at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's it's an interesting that, concept, but it's hard to get your head around at the same time. Well, yeah. well, that's where you really get deep into it. And and we won't go on forever about it. But Baudrillard, who I'm speaking about, he wrote the book Simulacra and Simulation, which is highlighted in the Matrix as Neo's looking through his cabinet. All of a sudden, he picks up Baudrillard's work. And Baudrillard was someone that really pushed the boundaries of what true postmodernism work was before the cultural Marxists, you know, took over it. And it was really exploring these concepts of simulation, the Matrix, in a book. You know, the movies you know, put that in there as a special key because it's like people have actually, it's not just, oh, the Matrix movie as a reference. It's like people have really thought about these concepts. And that's where it really goes deep into simulation, what you're seeing, what you're feeding. And, you know, um, it, it really is um, fantastic. He said the political stake is dead, only simulacra of conflicts and carefully circumscribed stakes remain. Traditional theorists of war must be at a loss before the explosion of their object of study, for, paradoxically, it isn't the bomb which has exploded, but the war object itself that has exploded into a total virtual war in orbit, and neither have the same dimensions or rules as they once had. And it's like 
you know, he talks about deterrence, symbolic encounter, the transformation of war. I might even make one of my pieces, you know, free available that I did about the illusion of war, the psychology of war theatre, just so people can wrap their heads around it. But I always recommend people go watch Wag the Dog. That'll be your best introduction to how these governments completely and they were using ai on that screen in that movie and that come out in the 90s and they were using the ai we're using now to put the fake background in in these european nations this so they made up a country to go to war with so check out wag the dog and just open your minds guys we're not zionist shields we're not defending israel here we're trying to get to the bottom of why there is provable falseness on both sides and what does that mean why do both benefit from that and is there even both sides anymore these are some questions you need to ask yourself and next time you see one of these videos detach the emotion and look at it with your own eyes what are you seeing there and why are you seeing it and you know i hope people uh subscribe to that and, and just at least entertain the idea that uh, potentially it's all a theatre show to keep us uh, in a, in a state of division. Yeah, exactly. Binary thinking again. We might. I'm going to have to wrap it up there, gentlemen. I'm, uh, the wife's about to fucking <laughs> come in and get angry at me. It is getting cold. So um, hope, hopefully we've covered everything there. Um, and I hope everyone can understand what Ethan and I and, and Andy and all that we're trying to talk about here. Um, pretty intense stuff. Um, please head over to tottnews.com go and subscribe over there likewise for me if you want to all the links will be in the show notes and um, yeah we'll um, we'll talk to you all again soon awesome thanks guys thanks for listening yeah, boy. stop Don't